one. I'm not really sure how to say the numbers anymore because there's three of them. Um, which so you don't know how to read three numbers? Complicates oh. everything for me. <laughs> well, I am a creature of habit, Tess. So the I'm rhythm a... and cadence of how you say it, maybe? Let me try again. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 101. Yeah, okay. Like two beats then. Because I kind of have a cadence in yeah. the intro. Anyway, it's 101, 101. We are past 100 episodes on our first after 100. Math. <laughs> Welcome to Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. I'm wondering if, to, because we're doing this early morning, for me anyway. For you, for sure. I, I went to camp last night at Red Rocks. Oh, so I got home at midnight. Oh, sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that band. You yeah. know, I'm not into country or banjos, but they have changed my opinion on that. I just love their lyrics and I love their sound and Future Birds open for them. It was really cool. Anyway, it's early morning and I have my Jen and Millie mug oh. full of coffee. I'm wondering if the tone of this dialogue will be different. Because most of the time when we record, it's afternoon. Yeah. Well, because of our time difference, it just naturally right. is that way. Yeah. So mm. it could be extra bouncy for everybody today. Okay. Apologies. Or not if you're with the person that's not a morning person. Although it's not really morning as much for me. So um, speaking of mugs, um, we've talked about mugs on previous. You have your Jen and Millie mug. I have my now very aged and well-loved Library of Congress mug. <laughs> Remember when we talked that we had that whole conversation about what mugs say about your mm -hmm. strengths? Mm -hmm. I want to give a real <laughs> spatial recognition problem to me ordering this through Walgreens um, online for us for Christmas one year. That it doesn't sit naturally where you can see the Jen and Millie image. Yeah. So if it's truly meant to be a marketing merch. Like we talked about merch, we should get t-shirts, right? Sure. Koozies, koozies at minimum. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't sit directionally the way that I want to. Okay. That may be our image for uh, Instagram today is the fact that you can only you can see only the thumbs see up okay. or I have to turn it this way. Let's take it. Anyway, I wanted to preface this 101 the first episode that uh, this will be a fun one I think okay. and a great conversation I'm very excited about this dialogue but going to lead in with um, a couple conversations we've had recently mm -hmm. we do immerse ourselves in strengths language all the time oh. and I think that's one of the gifts of the learning that we were exposed to and how grateful I am for that learning Mm -hmm. um, the 34 themes, we are very well versed in the Gallup resources. Um, you have a certification, I have a certification, we have just lots of coaching experience and learning. So we look at reports a lot. Mm -hmm. Top five reports, sometimes we're lucky enough to take a look at someone's full 34 report. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that we talked about this um, with our listeners because I know a, a number of our listeners also have taken their strengths maybe through us or through conversations with us and maybe have had additional dialogue around their strengths in action. And this is truly the fundamental of what this podcast is supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we spice it in every once in a while, but we talk about general topics mm -hmm. 
bridging in strengths and bridging in generational differences. And recently I had a coaching session with um, a friend of mine, a colleague who is getting her certification. And in advance, she said, can I see your 34 report? And I said, absolutely, and, you know, send this off to, to Daisy and have her take a look at it. And prior to the call, I pulled up my 34 report. I don't mm -hmm. spend a lot of time looking at it, as you know. Yeah. I can tell you my top five by memory. I get a little wonky on the six through 10, and I, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't memorize it because I just wanna stay in the learning and the wisdom of my top five. A lifetime oh. is not enough time for that. Mm -hmm. Recently, I had been encouraged to take the Superfund survey watch Tess wince the super fun survey again and I pushed back saying I love my strengths and yeah. then this is me so I took a look at my report and my brain immediately goes into the consultant coaching analysis hat that's what we do we look at these reports all the time before we go into a coaching call we look at these reports all the time when we work with the team so I do this 360 looking at this report and it it says, you know, input communication, strategic woo empathy, la 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 la. And then I look over in the right hand side and it says that this person leads um, with influencing, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See what I mean? I don't look at the report. First thing my eyes go to is, holy shit, this person doesn't have any executing strengths. And, you know, I'm looking at it like, wow, you know, she isn't execute like how does she get things done oh she gets things done through relationship building probably and then I'm like this person is me <laughs> and I had this light bulb moment she is me <laughs> she is me I had this light bulb moment and recognition of how I go about getting things done mm. and what feels like success to me is all through the heart yep it is never about the checkoff of um achievement or what success looks like to me is if someone feels really good that's what success is to me it's never been about money it's never been about status it's always been about the heart feels so as I'm looking at this report of the person who is me I had this recognition of why I procrastinate things or why I may do things in a different way than other people do and really you know coming to a place of ownership of that and then a great dialogue um, with Daisy, who is going to be a very gifted coach about my strengths in action and about my lesser talents. Mm -hmm. So it reminded me of how often we dig into reports. Yeah. And it reminded me of not too long ago, I believe it was summerish, because I don't have high context, summerish, mm -hmm. I received a really interesting text from Tess. And I want to back up a little bit to say, Tess does not text me with silliness. She doesn't text me just to text me. It's valid, important information if she sends me a text, which mm -hmm. I greatly appreciate about you. It's kind of like throwing around the F-bomb. If you mm -hmm. overuse it, it just doesn't have the impact. You are not an over texter. Hmm. You, when you text me, my brain goes, sums up. And it, it, sometimes it's, it, it's, no, not sometimes, it's always something that's important. 
So I get this summerish time. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Do you know the time frame? I think it was in July. Text from Tess that says, take a look at these strengths and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. From your gut, just your response to this. Yep. And first of all, I felt so honored that you would be curious about, about my analysis of a strengths report. I went into immediate assumption mode is that it was someone that you were coaching. And, um, I made some guesstimates as to what they did well and maybe what their field of, of career joy might be, how they might show up as a person, what might be some watch outs. Mm -hmm. What a great example of strengths in action. And that led to uh, quite a lovely, at least from my perspective, revelation from you. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted your perspective because I, while I can read someone's strength set, um, this is someone that I had um, begun dating at the time and was becoming very close with. And so I felt like I wanted someone, like a more unbiased interpretation of strengths of the strengths that <laughs> than I had and so yeah I sent it to you with no context which would have driven me bonkers if you had done the same to me but I knew that I could send it to you <laughs> and just ask for asked for your um, perspective and feedback and it was very helpful um, and it's it's led to now um, uh, we've been dating for like three months now and um, it's led to just some really interesting observations and conversations around his strengths and my strengths and what works well, what doesn't, our individual strengths in our like respective career fields. And you were um, not surprisingly, but still surprisingly fairly accurate in your guess as to what career field he was in. So um, it's been very interesting having in the past read many a strengths charts um, and read strengths um, reports of people that I know would they want feedback on their romantic partners <laughs> and their their person in their life and so it's definitely been a, um, a very unexpected but joyful experience to be able to go through that now with with my person it's so once again, I wish sometimes we were doing this via video because you've described this as mom face yeah. from me in the back of the room where I'm like beaming and I know it drives you crazy, but I'm beaming. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, because I know how significant that is. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I already like him. So <laughs> that's mom beaming approval. You revealed... Uh, can I say his name? Oh, sure. Yeah. Would you like to? Would yeah, you his, like to? his name is Ryan, and he listens, so hi, Ryan. <laughs> hi, Ryan. Um, you introduced him on social media recently, and because I knew about him earlier through his strengths, I was waiting. I was waiting for what I call the revelation. Social media is such a fascinating land for me. And talk about strength spotting. I, it's a sociological experiment 100%. to take a look at how people post and what they consistently post and why they post it. I mean, sociological experiment 
at all given times, but I love to get into the analysis of it. And so I knew it was coming. I felt it. But also knowing you, I knew it wouldn't be too soon. So I kept, you know, I'd see something on your Instagram and I'd be like, hmm. And that particular post, I don't know why I knew it, but I knew it was going to be at the end. And so I was just as fast as I could going through the, where is it? And there Ryan was on the last photo. And I respond, of course me, all caps, Ryan, exclamation points, um, because I was just delighted. I've heard you speak about him and what I hear and what is so important to me always, and I've said this many times to many people, mutual respect is everything. And I hear it and I see it in you regarding Ryan, and I can't wait to meet him. Um, very much looking forward to that. But it, it was just lovely to see him be revealed. And again, my mom faces beaming. I just, I love seeing relationships bloom. I think I could spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time just witnessing when two people come together and why they come together and what makes them click and what makes them connect. Um, and so I'm, I'm always enthralled with that, but I'm really delighted to see that mm -hmm. happening for and through you. Mm -hmm. I, we talk about relationships a lot here in this space. Um, it's lovely to witness a really positive one, mm -hmm. even from the sidelines. Even from the sidelines. I know I was thinking back to the relationships we have talked about, and I think they've all been yours. <laughs> Puke. <laughs> Sorry. So, apologies. Um, you know, I'm, I guess I'm getting to a place, a better place of owning my stumbles. My stumbles. Um, Your learning experiences? My learning, okay. My learning experiences. And the most important relationship for me right now is my relationship with myself. And... Um, the proud really mom kinda... face over here. <laughs> My proud mom face. Yes. I'm I'm really loving that, and also the space of of radical honesty mm -hmm. to say, "Wow, this this doesn't work for me." And and I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about in general, mm -hmm. you know, how we gift energy and how we receive energy, and who is deserving of that mm -hmm. that space. Our friend Jerlene left me years ago with the quote, "Who is worthy of you?" And I've really started to step back and understand that I've been gifting out my energy pretty abundantly to a lot of people who maybe, um, number one, don't want it. And number two, it, it's just not a good use of that gift. I also, I'm coming up on Colorado anniversary, and I was thinking about, you know, again, context is low for me, how anniversaries of the past for me have always been big celebrations mm -hmm. and yeah. you were, you were part of a, a couple of those. And mm -hmm. I love throwing a party that celebrates 
love. Mm-hmm. This year, I am hosting my Colorado anniversary with a party. Um, if you want to fly out, I would love it if you did. Um, at 105, our little fun little brewery that we go to in Castle Rock, and I'm going to have appetizers and cake, and I called them, and they're going to hopefully line up live music, and I sent out invitations to the humans here mm-hmm. who have helped me feel welcome. But this anniversary celebration of love, two years of me being in this space where I really mm-hmm. feel I belong, it reminds me that that love is a expansive word. Um, my true loves are, are nature and music, and they're most mm-hmm. fed here. And so my Colorado anniversary, Allison turns two, is what mm-hmm. the party's called. Oh. It's my second year of really mm-hmm. me, being me, yeah. and being um, here on my own, and um, adventuring into this new season. So yes, unfortunately, we did. We have talked about a lot of difficulty, I think, in relationships in this space yeah. that were, I will own, mine. Um, but what I was so excited about when I was learning about Ryan, I could see the, these moments of kind of light and fun and far be it for me to use the word giddy, but giddiness from you that I knew something was up, mm-hmm. but I thought she'll tell me when she wants to tell me. Mm-hmm. Had no idea when you sent me that strengths report Mm -hmm. and what a brilliant way to do that yeah oh and by the way (laughs) let me just let let you know something after Uh we had several back and forth conversations of analyzing the strength set in a very abstract way yeah yeah I was Mm -hmm. just thinking okay this has got to be a client that she has and she's maybe struggling to understand how they're showing up and Mm -hmm. and no it was um just a beautiful way to think about how I first got to know before I meet mm-hmm. um, Ryan. So, okay, so I do want to make a note and I do want to shout out. I sent, did I tell you I sent the strength set to someone else, to Trisha, yes. um, on our teammate staff who is also a certified coach. And I sent the strength set and said the same thing, like give me your feedback. You know, what are your initial thoughts on the strength set? And immediately she guessed. Like, she didn't even say anything about the strength set. She's like, is this a boy in your life? Like, that was... So, this is what I learned. She she leads with relationship building. She leads with relationship building, yeah. And so, that's why I was... I thought it was so funny that you were like, oh, yes, let me put on my coaching hat. Let me give you the analysis. Let me pull on that high strategic and just, like, run back their strengths. And then circle back to the fact that this is who this is. <laughs> and immediately that's what Trisha, like Trisha wouldn't give me any feedback until I told her. And what I love about that is how different we all are mm-hmm. as consultants and coaches and analysts and strength spotters. Mm-hmm. We, we naturally bring our own strengths into it. Yeah. What I recently learned from uh, JC in um, South Dakota is a better understanding of harmony which Trisha mm-hmm. also has. Harmony is efficiency. It's it, it's like just even the way that that Trisha figures things out, it's efficiency. And mine is like 
wonky <laughs> dance around. You know, I have to look at all of the different factors and the mystery of why might she be sharing this with me? And Trisha can just get right through all of that and get to the point. I wonder if it's though harmony blended with like her consistency and high discipline. Yes. Like I don't think it, it you know, it, it it's is not just harmony, harmony, but it's not harmony is not categorized baseline no. by efficiency. Yeah. No, but I loved learning about how harmony loves systems and efficiency of what I would call navigation around emotional energy. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, I've always kind of struggled with that strength. It's low for me. I don't really understand it. It can sometimes be really off-putting to me if I feel like people are avoiding conversations. And so I've I've received it that way from others. But to I spent the last week in in South Dakota really in JC's brilliance as a leader and I could really see that strength in action when it came to efficiency and navigation. Also with Trisha, I mean, of course, I mean like a beautiful, her, her high connectedness too, to just come right in there mm-hmm. with heart. And um, I, I totally yeah. see that and understand that and have a better vision of that now. Yeah, I thought it was so interesting that that's, that just the the two very different reactions. And you both gave great analysis and feedback when you got to unpacking his strengths, but it was very, the initial reaction of both of you was very, very different, which I found pretty fascinating, also from a sociological experiment lens. Um, in looking at his strengths and thinking about his strengths and thinking about your strengths, what is the most obvious complementary partnership that has emerged? It's a great question. You both have learner high, and I can only imagine the th- the conversations that you have and the things that you talk about, the rabbit holes that you go down. Yeah, that input in election learner. We both have that thinking triad, which yes. um, Ryan did ask me like when he first got his strength set, he's like, okay, we have some in common, like quite a few in common. We have quite a few not in common. Like, is it better to have a lot in common? Is it better to have none in common? And so it just led to kind of a, just a great dialogue that I think a lot of my gravitation towards him in general is because of the way that he's wired really similarly to enjoy learning and be curious about the world and always be, reading articles or books, you know, the amount of times that we've gone to a farmer's market than the local bookstore that's not too far from my apartment. Like, I mean, just spending time like that is is how I love to spend time and also how he loves to spend time. So I think that's a really great, great partnership there. Um, So speaking of your analysis of Harmony, he leads number one with Harmony, which is low for me. Um, I believe it's 27, 28. Um, Mm. So... Um, gosh, I can't remember now my 34th top of my head. Normally it's like right there, but um, it's it's definitely very low for me. And so that's been an interesting point of, of dialogue and even just how we react differently in different spaces because of his leading with harmony. And I would say his natural, much more positive disposition about the world <laughs> and assumptions about people than mine. And that's been interesting to kind of map on uh, 
um, to just see um, how he responds in different situations than I do. Uh, and I think that's largely, I mean, it's high harmony, high consistency, um, especially those two are, are very low for me. I think what is, um, what is interesting is to see things like harmony, consistency, and even responsibility, his number two very high, which are mid-level to low for me, paired with things that are very high for me. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of behaviors and and passions and values that we do have in common. Like there's a lot of overlap, but then the parts of our Venn diagram that do not overlap are very different. Um, just my leaning more on like he has a lot of high relationship building themes as well, but my my strengths set are strategic thinking and relationship building only in my dominant themes. And so for him to have quite a few executing themes also high uh, is just a, a slightly different perspective, I would say. Um, <laughs> always thinking through how I want to say something you at this stage of the relationship may not have arrived upon points of conflict yet yes no maybe so not really Possibly. no you can cut all this out if you want to you're in charge of what <laughs> what makes it to publication here so i think one of the things that i have learned with my low harmony is when there is a point of disagreement, I'm really comfortable discussing it at length. Hmm. That's my communication high and my harmony low. I have learned my sister, high harmony, other humans in my life with high harmony. I've learned that it isn't that they don't want to talk about it endlessly. You know, it's just, there's always going to be two sides to the story and their ability to, I guess, kind of wade through the high level of emotion that I have. Hmm. I've learned that being heard, describing that going in for me is best. So hmm. here's what I need from you in this dialogue. Go going back to that beautiful handout, the best of me. Yeah. You know, you get the best of me, you get the worst of me, what I need from you. Those are three amazing conversation starters mm -hmm. to have with any human in your life. You get the best of me, you get the worst of me. Here's what I need from you. There's others in that handout that, yeah. that Gallup beautifully designed. But those are those three questions I really love. And of all people who are really teaching me about this are, of course, my children, who are reminding me that we're now at a different season where mom is a lot of different things and I'm learning how to ask what do you need from me in this moment because my natural inclination to ask 45 questions sounds like I don't trust them to handle it on their own it also sometimes sounds like I'm nuancing advice into my questions like mm -hmm. did you think about or what about this sounds like I'm telling them how to do it and I'm learning about the value of saying what do you need from me as such an engaging question and also being able to teach out how I ask that question, mm -hmm. you know, 
or I make that statement, this is what I need from you in this moment. Let me vent this out and it probably will not take a linear path. It will be very roundabout as if we're going up and down a mountain yeah. until I get to where I feel a sense of resolution because I've talked it out. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is like that. As I often describe when I talk to new um, groups or individuals about strengths, your wisdom when you first saw your report, you mean not everybody thinks this way. Mm-hmm. That has given me such great perspective when I'm having a conversation, not only about what does this person need from me, but what do I need in order to feel quote unquote content with the outcome. Um, It's hard to do that sometimes, like to schedule a hard conversation with someone. I've done quite a bit of that lately. And to walk into that space, not because it's my harmony, is high it's because I'm honestly kind of afraid of what the words and the outcome will be and woo and empathy sometimes get in the way of me being direct and -hmm. precise so recently I've had a number of um, hard conversation that was one of my goals radical honesty between now and the end of the year in this word chapter of this year of chapter those conversations are painful for me because the mm-hmm. words I'm getting out are not it, it's not really what I want mm-hmm. it's um, maybe sometimes where I wish for a different outcome I'll ask different questions mm-hmm. this in these particular hard conversations I've just had to be direct knowing mm-hmm. knowing the response might be hard yeah I think that's interesting and and I don't think it's necessarily like I get that perspective I would say I, I did think of maybe a, a point that I could share based on our strengths that I think um, having with Ryan having high harmony and high empathy and high developer and I have higher relationship building themes, but my thinking themes tend to take precedence and take the front seat. And my relationship building themes sometimes will take the back seat when they're in conflict one an- with one another. And so I'm very okay having hard conversations. Like we've talked about my Enneagram number of being the challenger. Like I actually really love having hard conversations because they always lead to camaraderie or you know an accord afterwards you know whatever it is that there's usually resolution and usually there's a settling afterwards like where true harmony is achieved after you have a hard conversation um I think um because of Ryan's high relationship building themes though I and compared to how my themes fall I think he is intuitively aware if I'm feeling some sort of way before I even am like before I even know why and that's been a point like there was one situation um like earlier on in the summer in which he was like kind of asking me if I was okay and kind of had picked up on something and I was like yeah I think I'm just tired you know like I mean that was you know I was like okay I am feeling sort of funny but like I didn't sleep very well like the night before and so um I you know 
it was just kind of like that. And then we parted ways for the day and I realized that I was feeling like off because of a particular reason, but it took like processing, journaling, like reflecting on that experience. And then I like the next time we were together, I came back to him and I said, you know, did you notice when you were feeling like you thought that I was feeling a little bit off or I seemed a little bit different? Um, I was feeling a little off and here's why. And I like brought that to him. Um, and like that, I think is just something that I'm trying to be aware of that when he's picking up on something, usually it's because there is something there but I'm just not aware of it. So I need to take, to take the time to journal or to step away or to reflect um, and then come back to him because, and like share that with him because he just has this intuitive, not only in his strengths, but he's just a very emotionally intelligent person. And that is intimidating to me. Like that's, I'm just not used to be, usually I'm used to like, me being the perceptive one and compared to his level of perception of people it's it's pretty astounding um like I might view things differently I might view the energy differences I might view the power differences when I walk into a room but he's like on point with the emotional energy um and so that's just a slightly it's slightly different to be around someone who's so perceptive and can reflect on that and it's just gotten me thinking more about my own emotions but then also in a more reflective place of, and, and being able to have that open conversation to say, hey, you might pick up on something and it might be actually something, but in that moment, I don't have the wherewithal or the skills or the tools or the space and safety I perceive I feel I need to be able to process right then and there, or like my intellection might need to sit with it to figure out what the bottom of that iceberg is that I'm feeling. And so I will come back to you with it. I always will because I you know, feel that safety to be able to have that dialogue, but I might not be able to pinpoint it right in the moment. I'm almost speechless from a perspective of gratitude. I like him already a lot. I do too. That is such a gift of what you just described as such a gift in a relationship to have someone notice, just notice and to be open and willing to let you figure that out. And then your willingness to come back and say, you know, thank you for seeing this, noticing this, but he's, he's giving you permission to be in the trickiness of whatever you're walking through Mm -hmm. and not trying to solve it for you. Mm -mm. And, um, that emotional intelligence is such a gift, but I also loved that there's, there's beautiful challenge here because you're used to being the person who, you know, brings this perception and this sociological view that he's going to bring a different shade of that, Mm -hmm. but in his own brilliant way and speechless really is, is how I'm responding to that. But also again, mutual respect. Mm -hmm. That's, that's everything in, in any relationship. And much more rare in this world than 
than I wanted to believe. And so Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful when I hear about it. I have shared this with my kids and a number of my friends over the years when I've watched relationships thrive and work, um, whether that's in workspace, um, whether that's in family dynamics, whether that's in a, um, a partnership, when there is um, mutual respect, everything else will work. Mm-hmm. Everything else will work. And I see that in Sean and Shanna. You know, they've been together since eighth grade, and those two admire and appreciate each other mm-hmm. in a way that I've, I've not witnessed a lot of that. My friends, Brent and Monica, who met in eighth grade and they are still married, um, they're, they're my age and wonderful humans. I've always witnessed that with them over the years in the silliest of ways. Like one time we were sitting at a a softball game and Brent and Lauren and Sean's dad were coaches. Hilarious season for Monica and I to watch, you know, the dad's coach. And Brent would make, you know, like a call or he would, he would make a decision about something that they were going to do with the team. And he would look up at Monica and she, she would just encourage and then every once in a while I would hear her, we'd be shopping or, you know, doing something, just the two of us, and I'd hear her talk about him. Uh, Gigi and Larry, mm-hmm. I distinctly mm-hmm. remember the time that we were in D.C. and we had been gone for three, four days, and I, I turned to Gigi at the airport when we were coming home, and I said, how's Larry doing? And she got all emotional, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, I just miss him. And... I remember just being startled at that kind of respect and appreciation. Mm -hmm. And so I love witnessing it in the way that I've heard you talk about him and the way that I'm sensing he talks about you. And I can't wait to meet him. And I'm abundantly excited for you, Tess. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. This was weird. (laughs) So I'm not used to being in this seat (laughs) during our conversations. (laughs) Well, get used to it. Get used to it because I can tell you that there are no chances on the horizon (laughs) that we'll be talking about uh, me in this seat. So I'm also excited to see how you use the brilliance and the genius and the essence of your strengths in this particular Mm. land. Mm. I have not been lucky enough to witness that yet. Um, I can already strength spot myself a few times. Um, I, oh gosh, there was one, one of the Sundays we went to the farmer's market and then went to the local bookstore that's right next to the farmer's market in DuPont. Um, the bookstore is called Kramer's and we were looking and I'm just reading the back of books and I'm in kind of the sociology and then psychology type section. Um, and I came across a book, uh, that, uh, it, it was on like a display table of like bestsellers. And so I'm looking at this book and it's called attached and it's about attachment theory from the people who, <laughs> from the psychologists who coined attachment theory and developed it as a theoretical framework for how people function in romantic relationships. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) 
I think I would love to learn more because I have a real life <laughs> example of this that I can reflect on and analyze as I'm going through this book that also has like workbook components. And um, that led me, it was a great book. I read it in over the course of a day or two. And then that led me to finding the queen of attachment um, and reading a book of hers and then following several relationship-based therapists, counselors on Instagram. And so my learner <laughs> went into overdrive <laughs> because sure. I was like, I have a lot of respect for him. I really like him. I have not encountered someone like this before in my life that I just want to spend all my time with. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this correctly. So I'm going to look at all the research. Like I'm going to understand what works well, how relationships function well, and then I'm going to compare that with examples of this relationship to see if there are points where we can, where I can improve in my approach to showing up for him and with him in this space. Um, or a few other points in which like, like certain like milestones, right? And I'm like, okay, is this like too soon? Is this too rushed? And every time I have like that question, I go and I Google like, when is it appropriate to do this or say this or like, you know, all of those things. And I'm like re researching, right? Like I just go right to Google and I'm like, my learner just goes into like overdrive my learner input. And I'm like, what are the signs that this is happening? Or what is the stage one should be at, at this point in the timeline of a relationship? And I know that varies, right? But like, that's just my, my, my brain and my strengths that show up and they say, what is the normal distribution of when this should happen and where do we fit along those lines <laughs> you know oh, so professor tess <laughs> professor tess oh i gosh. again we should be videoing there's such a range of emotion happening in my reaction <laughs> to what you just shared first of all i wonder if i'd have done any of that that i might be in a better place today. Um, I tend to just collect red flags and along the way say, oh, the, sure, why not? Um, so to even imagine looking at something and thinking I should apply this is completely off my radar. However, Attachment styles. We've talked about that on on Jen and Millie a few times. Um, fascinating research, mm -hmm. fascinating learning, and essentially what it means is how we how we have experienced our first years of life and our circle of support early on determines a lot of our attachment style. And as a child who has a, a child who experienced trauma. It makes sense to me as a parent who hopes that her children felt unconditionally loved and accepted and, and, um, loved as they are, who they are. It, it gets a little bit dicey. I'm in this space of my life where I am now recognizing my inner child, but realizing I raised inner child's children, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like I have this duality of roles that I'm coming to better understand. And I wish, wish I would have done the work before I started uh, as a mom. I wish I would have explored what was still unhealed 
uh, within me before I started parenting at the, you know, wise age of 20 years old. Um, I think I love that you are exploring this. I so see your learner, but also your desire to do things well out of self-respect and out of respect for him. And again, that's rarer than you think. I, it's also ownership of your part in whether or not a relationship is healthy and working. That's, that's your ownership. So many people lack the ability or the self-reflection to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can only imagine you Googling things though. I mean, Gosh, could we bring up, bring up search and search history? Search history. Um, no, I didn't just Google it. I Google scholared it, of course. The last thing I Googled was an explanation of the word immaculate. <laughs> That's the last thing I Googled. Also, looking up music all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm going to also just throw a little Allison in, into this. Okay. Little, little oh, Millie. Okay. Uh, or little Jen for the Millie here. Yeah, you're the Jen. Developmental relationships are not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Your journey is your journey. Your timing is your timing. I know amazingly successful relationships that did not take the timing path that someone else did. I know relationships that took the timing path that ended up not being what they expected. So googly schmoogly, you're, you two decide what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And I know you know that. Yeah. But I also know don't take relationship advice from me. <laughs> Stop. Lauren just recently pointed this out. She said, well, there's a reason I don't, I don't ask you. And, you know, it, it, it was a hard stab to the soul, but a fair one, because I have yet to get it right, I guess. And I'm still learning. Mm. So when I share little Allison gems of wisdom, it comes from the place of, this is what my scraped knees mm. and scars have taught me. Mm. And... The mutual respect thing is not because I experienced it. It's because I've witnessed it in others and I'm witnessing it now for you. And it's hard to, to hear it through the sound waves, but my mm-hmm. smile throughout this conversation um, is so joyful. And I'm really glad that you were willing to share about this in this space. Mm -hmm. I know it felt really awkward and really vulnerable. And I believe your word was weird. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's also lovely. I think, you know, as 
as much as you downplay or, or say that you have not been successful in that area, I think, um, and this is obviously not speaking as your child, so I maybe understand, I don't understand where Lauren is coming from, but um, I think I've always admired the fact that you're vulnerable to believe in the power of love. And that oh, has sure. brought you scars and has brought you scraped knees, um, but you've done it anyway, right? And I feel like there's a, um, at least from, you know, some of my own experience, sometimes it just hasn't, like, it just hasn't been worth it until, you know, until this point of finding someone that is worth the potential for those scars, you know, but I think your experience does, is something to admire and to look at and to say that's something to strive for because you tried and you put yourself out there in that space. And even though it, it, you know, in your words has not been successful, right? Um, I feel like also to throw different words from you back at you, um, all of our experiences are learning experiences and they help us grow and develop and become more of our authentically awesome self. And you've done that in relationships. And that's been something that I have been able to witness quite a bit um, over the years that we've known each other. And that's been, it's been inspiring for me too. Mm. I saw a sweatshirt advertised on my social media feed no surprise it said love anyway mm. and I was reflecting actually on that this morning um yeah I I choose to anyway yeah. and the humans that I have chosen to love big yeah I have no regrets of that not a single regret of that at all I think now what I'm learning about is what I really love and what the love of nature and music and the twirling about feels like to me is love too. I have it so, I have it all around me. And mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day, how many people just love what they do? I love, love my work mm-hmm. with just Abandon. I love my work every day. Now, granted, code distribution. Oh, I don't know how you did that. I am so sorry. It's a lot. Oh my goodness, it's so much work. So you know, some of those things feel like a little bit heavier lift. But I love what I am lucky enough to do. I get to mm-hmm. go around and talk to people about what they do naturally well. Mm-hmm. That's what I get to do. It's like a complete mission, purpose for me in my life. I love what I do. I love where I live. I love my circles and have this remarkably rich family story and um, connection. So yes, I think love anyway is a, a great quote. It's beautiful. So we look to wrapping up this conversation. What are takeaways we want to or action items we want to leave with listeners? What questions do our listeners have for Ryan? <laughs> Can we do that? I, we could do that. Uh, would that be honoring to Ryan? Oh, I'm sure it would be with his input okay. and an well, election. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be lovely to get to know someone through the lens of strengths, through the lens of questions that are asked to him from people he doesn't yet know? Okay, sure. Yeah, what questions do people have for Ryan? 
back at a bunch. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> of course. And I think, what questions do our listeners have for Tess? This is this new space that you are claiming and walking in. What questions do you have for Tess? And I'd add on listeners who might be seasoned in this space and um, might have better (laughs) track records than I do. What advice do you have Mm. for Tess? Yeah, that's great. Mm. Oh, I know how uncomfortable you are right now. Yep. (laughs) You are just... (laughs) It's great. To end with the advice one, I will... My high input will take all of that 100%. That's a... A great place to land. Feedback is a lovely thing. Feedback is a lovely thing, for sure, for sure. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode 101 of Jen and Millie. Listen to that sigh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this has not been bad. It's just, you know me, this is not my comfort zone, and it's fine. We... What, what, what is it we always say? Like, growth happens just beyond the edge of your comfort zone. So I'm growing and learning. Um... My intellection is just an internal processor, and so this is just, it's hard to know what to share, and I also want to respect Ryan, knowing that he kind of knows, and it did give the okay, I did text him, did give the okay for us to talk about this, <laughs> so, but also um, want to to be respectful of him and, um, and of our relationship, don't want to, you know. I don't know. Not that we have any dirty laundry. We don't. It's great, you know. But, you know, some things, I don't know, towing that line, right? Yes, and we'll learn a lot from this first dialogue. And Ryan, hopefully, will give us tremendous feedback as to how he receives this information. (laughs) And I have learned that there is a fine line between vulnerability and oversharing and I teeter on the oversharing side, mm. and I know that you don't yeah. because you are very respectful, self-respect, and also respectful of, of others. Me, I go from the wisdom of Anne Lamott who said, you know, regarding writing, if they didn't want you to write about them, they should have acted differently. So, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how I do my blog, which I've been, I've been trying to get back to, but I've really been reading I've been reading more and that's that. such a great space for me to get lost in fiction again and and do some reflection but mm. I've been trying to write a little here and there and when I look back at the writing I think I should have probably asked permission. So I love the respect that you have for Ryan and asking him is this okay and you can blame me for it. I did. Stretching. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> I said, Allie wanted to talk about you, so is that okay? <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I so love how well you know me and how well yeah. we know each other that that permission granted to blame me at any time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was your idea, so, you know. And a great one. And a, it was a good one. It was a good one. And I think that's right. That's where I needed your communication as a complimentary partner, the line between oversharing and vulnerability. Yep. 
That's good. You handled it well. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I am very intrigued to see what people say in response. (laughs) But anyway, I will wrap us up by saying thank you, everyone, for tuning in to episode 101 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions we posed, you can give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.